great to be here with you tonight, great to share the word with you tonight, to see a few familiar faces, only a few, so it means I haven't been here for a long time, but uh, really lovely to be here with you. Um, yeah, Wentz and I, uh, sorry, I just want to quickly put that one up, uh, that's, that's our family, there's one missing there, um, Wendy, myself, and, uh, and Jared on this side here, that's his wife. Uh, they got married April last year. They live in Switzerland. That's my other son. That's Christopher, Florencia, and Jared. So Jared got married about, yeah, in May. So we don't have a photo of, uh, you know, his wife yet with us. Uh, Florencia is from Argentina, and uh, Tash or Tiashni is from India. So we have got just about all the nations. They live in Switzerland, the Swiss is sitting here, here's the Burki, uh, so we've got just about a whole family, you know, around the nation, which is really great uh, for us. So as I said, Wens and I, um, you know, we love cooking shows, we just finished now one of them, and sometimes in these cooking shows, you see where people have to prepare a lot of food. You know, they say there's about 120 people, you get three hours, you have to prepare food, and then you have to serve this food now for the 120 people. But sometimes, you know, the people's planning are a bit out, you know, either in the quantities or in everything that they've planned, and then there are some people who don't get food. Say, for instance, 120, and only 100 will get food, but 20 will go without food. Well, that's just a cooking show. So most probably they go to, uh, you know, like a, a um, takeaway or something like that. They're going to eat junk food. Or maybe even on the show they've got some extra food. But in reality, if we think about food and people going hungry, then we just think that last night about a quarter of the world slept hungry. They didn't have food. That is just the reality of our society, hunger, people not having food. But there's a greater hunger in the world. Say, for instance, let's make it easier. Say you've got 12 friends, and out of the 12 friends, you know that all 12 friends are not serving the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't know Christ at all. And on your bucket list, you have got the 12 friends that you want to lead to Christ. And you only get to 10 of them. And you can only lead 10 of them to Jesus. And the other two you never get to. And here comes the end. 10 will go to heaven. And two will definitely not go to heaven. Don't you sometimes feel, you know, they, you know Lord, there are so much uh, a need. There's such a great need in the world, spiritual need. And Lord, how will we ever get to every single one? If, you, if you've got 12 friends and you can only get to the 10 and the 2, but maybe there are more people slipping away around us than we can think. That great need, Lord, how will we get to all the people in the world? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to come this evening, Lord, and we want to stand before your throne. And we say thank you for your word. Most of all, Lord, when we look at the world, then we see, Lord, there is such an incredible need, a need greater than physical hung hunger, Lord, 
There's a spiritual need, Lord. And Lord, when we think about that spiritual need, then we think, Lord, how in the world will that spiritual need ever be, uh, ever be met? And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would help us, Lord, in, this, in these few minutes that we've got together, Lord, to see your heart and understand the greater plan, Lord, that you've got for each and every one of us and how you meet the need, Lord, of the whole wide world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bible here tonight, don't you want to just open up your Bible? We're going to read from the book of John, and uh, John 7, that will be, John 7. While you're busy opening up your Bible, when we look at the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, we need to see the baptism, and because that's what we're speaking about tonight, what is God saying in His Word about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? When we look at the work, you know, of the Holy Spirit, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then we need to see it in the meta-narrative of what God did throughout the Bible. Because sometimes, you know, what we do is we just look at a small slice, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just that small thing that people will pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. But what is the greater picture of the redemption plan that God has got for us, why we need to receive the Holy Spirit? Sometimes, you know, we just uh, pray for a person to receive Christ, and we send him off, and we hope that he's making it somewhere in the life because he's got Jesus now. In the same way, you know, we pray for people, but what is the greater picture that God has got for us and for your lives so that we can effectively live and work uh, with the Holy Spirit in us? John 7, uh, let us go there. Verse 37, on the day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the spirit has not been given because Jesus was not glorified yet. It's the Word of God. Let us see what God wants to say to us tonight. So when we look, you know, just at the work then of the Holy Spirit, and we want to see, you know, what God is doing, because God is already, if we think about the, in creation, from, from the, the intention of God in creation, we see it going right through to Revelation, the same intention that God had for His glory to be shown, be shown throughout, you know, the human beings, on earth, in creation, it carries on past revelation. But we see the work of the Holy Spirit already, you know, in creation. But for us, just to look at the whole Bible, I mean, I wish we could to do, do that tonight, but that is just going to take far too long. So we're just going to look at three main instances or main topics in the New Testament. Uh, if we look at those few snapshots in the New Testament, we're going to look at the promise of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit and the outworking of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we look at the promise of the Holy Spirit, we need to go and see, you know, who promised us the Holy Spirit. And of course, you know, we read that in the book of John, John 14, John 15, and John 16, we see, you know, that Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit to us. 
And that is what we just read there, you know, that in uh, um, John 7, Jesus says to us that if anyone is thirsty, if we come thirsty to Jesus, that he will give us the Holy Spirit. Now, for us to understand where the Holy Spirit fits in, in the life of the believer, we have to look, you know, at the baptisms, and uh, because we are being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, in our, in our one-to-one, you know, we have got the baptisms. For those of you that's not done the baptism chapter yet, or maybe you have forgotten the baptism uh, chapter, let us quickly just recap as we look at the baptisms. In the one-to-one, we see three baptisms. There are actually four baptisms. Let's quickly look at them and see, you know, what the Bible tells us about the baptism. The first baptism, of course, is the baptism into the body of Christ. That we read there in the book of Romans 6. Uh, if you read the whole chapter of Romans 6, you will see, you know, yes, uh, Paul is using uh, the analogy of baptism, but he's actually speaking about sin and salvation. So the picture that he's using, if you think of dunking your rusk in that nice cup of coffee, that is actually the picture that he's using, that when we are born again, we are placed inside Christ. The same as that baptism or baptism being placed into. So we are being placed into the body of Christ at our salvation point. And that's why I say, you know, we are baptized into Christ. Who baptizes us? It's the Holy Spirit that places us into the body of Christ. And it is that repented sinner, Lord, forgive me, for I have sinned. And in that way, you know, God, uh, the Holy Spirit places you in the body. And the result, of course, of that is now we are saved. The second baptism that we look at then is the baptism into water. So uh, who baptized us? That's a fellow believer. And who is the person, you know, that's being baptized? It's that person that is obediently following Jesus, because who asks us to be baptized? Of course, it's Jesus that asks us to be baptized, and always says, yes, Jesus, we are obedient. So that is our first actual step of obedience into following Jesus, to say yes to baptism into water. The effect of that, obedient and faithful. So now I'm baptized into Christ, baptized into water, so I'm a saved, obedient follower of Jesus. Then, baptism into the Holy Spirit, we read that also in the book of Acts, Acts 1, also Acts 2. And who is that, you know, that gives us the Holy Spirit? We just read now in John 7, it's Jesus that gives us the Holy Spirit. We ask Him. And again, also in John 7, we read there that it's the thirsty believer. If anyone is thirsty, come to me, Jesus says, and He will give us the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 1 verse 8, you know, we see the effect of that. We are powerful witnesses, saved, obedient, faithful, powerful witnesses. It looks like there is a bit of a growth, you know, in you as you grow as a Christian. And of course, the fourth baptism that we're looking at is the baptism of suffering. Jesus uh, used the analogy also then of his suffering as a baptism. We read that, for, uh, you know, in the book of Mark and Matthew and Luke, and you go and read there to say that 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 suffering that he's going to go through, being placed into, it's just like a, like a baptism as well. So we as Christians, you know, in the world or in the, you know, uh, the temptations from the devil, but also, you know, in the flesh, sometimes we make mistakes or we sin. That is also a suffering that we go through. And, you know, if we have got the working of the Holy Spirit in us and we are standing firm, 
then the Bible says that we will overcome in the book of Hebrews 5 and also Romans 5 as well. So then if we look at the progression there, you know, in the, in the baptisms, the growth, that's actually the growth of sonship that we see there, saved in the body of Christ, obedient and faithful in, 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 in the baptism of water, the Holy Spirit, powerful witness, and in suffering, we learn to overcome as obedient child. But if you look at the Holy Spirit there, you know, the Holy Spirit is actually, you know, working with us even before we are saved. So, uh, you know, in the middle, we've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it ties everything together. He works with us before we are saved. You know, He convicts us of the words of Jesus to say, you know, that yes, we should be baptized into water. We are a powerful witness when we go out into the world, but also in overcoming, it's the Holy Spirit that speaks the truth of God into our hearts in those difficult circumstances so that we can overcome. So the Holy Spirit is an integral part of our lives every single day as we live for Him. When we look at the work of the Holy Spirit, we said, they, you know, that's the first thing. Uh, we look at what Jesus said to us. Now, we're not going to read all the scriptures there tonight. You know, in John 14, Jesus is speaking to us. In John 15, Jesus is speaking to us. We'll come back to that, to, to that. But I want to read for us there in John 15 what the Bible says to us. And in John 15, verse, uh, sorry, John, John 16, verse 7, let's go there and let's read together. John 16, verse 7. The Bible says to us there, and these are the words of Jesus. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. That's the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send. Now, these are the words of Jesus. That's a promise. I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That is just what we, what we see now. That before a person is saved, the Holy Spirit is already working in his life. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and, I, and you will see me no more. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of the world is judged. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth, truth comes, and Jesus calls the Holy Spirit in quite a few places the Spirit of truth, He will guide you in all the truth. For He would not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So we see that Jesus says, He will send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will declare. And of course, one of our well-known scriptures that we know in Acts 1 verse 8, listen to what Jesus says again. He says, and you will, that is, that is a promise, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. So if we receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And as you read through the book of Acts, actually you see that whole progression, you know, that is like the themes in the book of Acts, how that is playing out. So if we look at those chapters there in the book of John, what is Jesus saying to us? He says to us that Jesus says that he will send the helper from the Father. Jesus also said the Holy Spirit will be in us. It's a promise. The Holy Spirit will be in us. The Holy Spirit will convict us of sin, 
He actually convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. But, you know, as we are living as a believer, the same the Holy Spirit does this in, in our lives as well. You know, if we grow and we go a little bit away from the Word, it is the Holy Spirit that convicts us and, say to, and, and, and speak to us the truth and say, no, that is not what you should be doing. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, and He will guide us in all truth. We've seen that. The Holy Spirit bear witness about Jesus, and we will also bear witness. That's what Jesus says. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus, and He will take what is Jesus's, declare it to us, and we will glorify Jesus. And we will receive power, like we said there in Acts 1 verse 8, to be His witnesses to the ends of the earth. So what does it say? It says, Jesus says, I will send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, what will He do? He will declare and also be a witness. And then what will we do? We will declare and also be a witness as well. Have you found that in your life? Have you found that, you know, that when you rely on the Holy Spirit and, you know, you, know, you, you read the Bible, there's, there's something that wells up inside you that you cannot but want to be declaring and be a witness for Jesus as well. Let me read, of course, the book of Acts 2, and we see, you know, there the Holy Spirit has been given. But what we need to note here, you know, if, if we read this receiving of the Holy Spirit throughout the book of Acts, then we need to see that that what Jesus said, is that really happening? You know, we should go and look. You know, Jesus said, you will do that. Is it really happening in the book of Acts? That, of course, we see there, you know, uh, Acts 2 at Pentecost. And if we think about Pentecost there, you know, the 120 all, to, all together there in, in, in the upper room. And then the Bible says to us there in Acts 2, verse 2, And then suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared on them and rested each of, of them. And verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them. Now, you know, if we think about, you know, that whole uh, uh, happening there, uh, you know, they're sitting in the upper room, they are filled with the Holy Spirit, people are standing outside, they are seeing what's happening up there, and then they say, you know, in the Bible, as we read there, you know, they think that those people are drunk, and the people are coming out of the, uh, from the upper room down, and then in Acts 2 verse 14, we saw Peter. Now, if we remember Peter, Peter is the one that denied Jesus three times. The three times said, you know, no, I don't know this man. And then he says, but Peter, and then he says, they standing with the 11, uh, thinking about the 11, you know, they were just about in hiding because uh, they were afraid what all the other people will say. But all of a sudden, you know, now they stand. Peter stand up. Peter standing with the 11, lifted his, his voice and addressed them. Peter, you can just about say the Peter, the doubter. Peter, the person that would not even acknowledge Jesus in Jesus' most difficult time. What is he doing? He's witnessing. He's declaring. And for about 24 verses, you know, he's declaring who Jesus is. And then in such a way that people will say, you know, uh, the, you know people said that, you know, we, they were cut to the heart because they heard, you know, the message of Jesus. And then they said in verse 38, and Peter said to them, you know, after they said, but what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of sin, 
And you will, listen to this, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and those far for off, everyone from the Lord, uh, our Lord calls to Himself. That means us as well. That same gift is for us as well. So, Acts 2 verse 41, He said, So those who received were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Imagine those 3,000 people walking away from there. They've just heard the word. They've just seen the working of the Holy Spirit. You know, what is the testimony that they are walking away there? But what happened there? You know, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, he was witnessing. He was declaring. He was telling the story of Jesus. He was glorifying Jesus. And people believed and they were saved. We look at the same story of Peter again and Cornelius and Joppa. And we know the whole thing, you know, where he was called to go to Cornelius. And, you know, Cornelius was a Gentile. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Peter go, and he declares the, the message of Jesus there. Listen to what, you know, the Bible says to us in, in Acts 10. And while Peter was still saying these things, in other words, he's declaring Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell on all who was there. Now, all who was there, that's the house of Cornelius. That means Cornelius, his family, most probably extended family, all the slaves, all the servants that were there, the Holy Spirit came to them. And the believers who were among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and exalting God. They, then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water? And of course, then they were baptized. So they received the Holy Spirit and then they were baptized. What happened here? Peter again was witnessing. He was declaring he was telling the story of Jesus. He was glorifying Jesus. People believed and were saved, received the Holy Spirit, and then they were baptized. And then if we look, we look at the story of Paul. Paul is there in Ephesus, and on his way just outside Ephesus, he gets these disciples. And he asked his disciples, you know, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? They said, we didn't even know that there was the Holy Spirit. And then Paul says to them there in verse 4, um, he said, verse 3, actually, and he said to them, into what were you baptized then? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repenting, telling the people to believe in the one who had to come, that is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, verse 6, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues. Again, you know, we see exactly the same pattern happening here. Paul is witnessing, he's declaring, he's telling the story of Jesus, glorifying Jesus. People believed, and they were saved, and they were water baptized. And then he laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When last has that been the pattern in your life? When last have you just declared Jesus? Because as the Holy Spirit is working in us, we cannot but declare Jesus, you know, Lordship. If Jesus is the Lord of my life, you know, He has changed my life. Things are happening in my life, and I cannot but tell people of the great news of what's happening in my life. Jesus said that He will give the Holy Spirit, and we will receive power, and He will be His witnesses, and we will be His witnesses. 
But he also said to us, you know, that you know, he, is, he will be forever with, with us. If we read in Matthew, uh, you know, uh, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, and he says, and I'll be with you to the ends of the earth. I'll be with you to the ends of time. How is it, you know, that Jesus is with us when he has got, gone already to heaven? Of course, you know, when Jesus gave the Holy Spirit, that is how Jesus is working in and through us and helping us to declare and also be witnesses as well. Going to the ends of the earth, you know, we don't even have to go in our own strength. Think about that. You know, we, we, we think that, you know, we have to go out now. Jesus says, go. And as we go, we think, Lord, how are we going to do that? Not even in our own strength, because Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's power, and we will be His witnesses. As we go, you know, the Holy Spirit enables us to go as obedient, faithful servants, witnessing and also, you know, praising Jesus. How does the Holy Spirit, you know, gives us, give us the power to, you know, to work effectively for Him as well? Then we have to look at, you know, the gifts that the Holy Spirit is giving to us. You know, and if we think about, uh, you know, the gifts, sometimes we just stop short and we say, you know, when a person receives the Holy Spirit, you know, now he has to speak in tongues. Tongues is just one of the gifts. Although, you know, it is a common thing, you know, to see tongues, but tongues is just one of the gifts. If we think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, I sometimes think of it like a, like a little toolbox that, that God has given us through the Holy Spirit. You know, you come to a person and you want to, you know, uh, you know testify or share the gospel with the person, and you feel like, you know, I'm just not getting a breakthrough, then we just pray, Holy Spirit, just give us, uh, you know, some, uh, a gift here that will open up this person's heart. And maybe it's the gift of wisdom, or the gift of knowledge, or the gift of faith. You know, I love it, you know, when, when, when that faith just, just, just wells up inside of us, uh, you know, to share the gospel, or, you know, or, or faith for, for, for something that we have to believe for, or the gift of healing, Miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpreting tongues, administration, helps. Those are all the gifts, you know, that God comes and He gives to us through the working of the Holy Spirit so that we can be effective witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 12 says to us, prophecy, serving, teaching, generosity, leadership, and acts of mercy, all of that God gives us. We are never alone. If we think about that, and as we live our lives for Jesus, we see the fruits of the Holy Spirit then also working through us as well, of, of, of the Holy Spirit working through us. He says that the fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Think about the world, and you know, if we think about the world working, this is so counter uh, uh, you know, to, to, to what the world is doing. Where do you see gentleness, kindness, you know, just coming into the world? But if we live you know, in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the testimony of our lives. We are saved, obedient, faithful, powerful witnesses that overcome. And we are obedient sons or daughters, you know, like the Bible says. But we're never alone. That is what we are to Jesus, but we're never alone. So in the beginning, you know, I said, well, what if there are 120 people and 20 will go hungry? If we take that picture, you know, and we say, well, spiritual hunger. What if there would be 8 billion people 
And out of the 8 billion people, 5.5 is going hungry every single day. To the point that if that 5.5 billion people will die tonight, they are dying without Jesus. Hunger is one thing. Spiritual hunger is a complete other thing. Out of the 8.5 billion people on the earth, only 2.5 are Christians. The other 5.5 billion people, non-believers. Two, mil- two billion of the 5.5 has never heard the gospel of Jesus. And then we say, Lord, how in the world will we ever get to them? Well, for us receiving the Holy Spirit, you know, that is actually you know, God's greater purpose for us. Because what does he say? You know, we will declare, you know, we will be his witnesses and we will declare as the power of the Holy Spirit is working in us exactly what Jesus said. That Jesus says, I will give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will declare Jesus. And as he declares Jesus, you know, we will be the witnessing, declaring the same thing as well. When we believe the word about Jesus, he says to us there in John 7, you know, they will be like rivers of life flowing through us. Rivers of living water flowing through us. Those rivers of living uh, waters, you know, said, you know, we, we as the saved, obedient, faithful, powerful, overcoming witnesses, flowing over, declaring and witnessing and glorifying Jesus, empowered and led by the Spirit of truth, when He enables us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit to do so. That is the intention that God has got for us for receiving the Holy Spirit. If we look at that, you know, the greatest story, the greater plan we God has for us in working of the Holy Spirit, not just the slice of receiving the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Holy Spirit for that moment, but, you know, the greater picture is that through our lives, God's living water will flow wherever we go. And there's no lack in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that works through us. Let us read that scripture again in John 7. It says there, On the last day of the feast, that great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, Thinking about our own lives. If anyone thirsts. Thinking about the world, the 5.5 billion. Maybe they are spiritually thirsty. Let him come and drink. And let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The question that we've got tonight is, first question you know, for us to receive the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to work. You know, the Bible says to us that Jesus, of the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. It convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. If you have never been, con- you know, answered that call of that conviction, then we want to give you, t- you know, tonight that opportunity to respond to the word of Jesus. If you are being convicted tonight, say, Lord, my life is not right with you. Then the Holy Spirit, that small little voice that's speaking into your heart, speaking to you, come to Jesus. I remember in my life, you know, the, the, the further I, I moved away from Jesus, 
the louder that still little voice spoke into my heart. There's a second question. If you are saved and you say, yes, Lord, I've, I've answered that. Do you experience the work of the Holy Spirit in and through you as being an obedient, faithful, powerful, overcoming witness, flowing over, declaring, and witnessing, and glorifying Jesus? That's the testimony of your life. If you say that I have received the Holy Spirit, if you say that, Lord, the greatest story that you've got for me, Lord, I'm thinking about those lost. But when we think about those lost, it's not like those lost are just faceless people. Because sometimes, you know, for us, uh, you know, we think, well, Lord, 5.5 billion people, they are all out there. No, they are your friends. They are the people that is working with you. It's your family. It's the people that's studying with you. Every single one of them has got a name. They are all around you. Are you the witness? Are you declaring? If we say that we've received the Holy Spirit, then you are that answer. You're the answer that God has called upon. If you've received the Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying to you, let that living water flow through you. Have you run dry? If Jesus says, let, live, let rivers of living water flow from you, have you run dry? When last have you allowed the Holy Spirit to flow through you? Maybe there's just a trickle. So running dry and a trickle sometimes is just, you know, something like a symptom of maybe sin in your life. Maybe sin is withholding something in your life that, that the Holy Spirit cannot flow like you should. And God would want you to deal with your sin tonight. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you about something very specific, then you deal with that tonight. Because it is Jesus' intention to use you like rivers of living water flowing out of you. Maybe there's just a small stream flowing. Don't you want to just ask the Lord, Lord, I don't want to be dry. Lord, I don't want it to be a trickle. Lord, I don't want it to be just a small stream. Lord, I want rivers of living water flowing, flowing out of me. And how will I know? Lord, I will declare. I will witness. I will do that, what you intended me to do so that Jesus is glorified in my life every single day.